Okay, hello and welcome to episode 10 of Square Talk, uh, this one with a bit of difference. Uh, my name is Peter Kinder and I'm the Provincial Grand Master of the Province of Leicester and Rutland. Today we're turning the tables, so to speak, on our Provincial Grand Communications Officer, Worshipful Brother Richard Barnett, putting him on the spot, as it were, after he has done likewise to nine of us already in previous podcasts. So good morning, Richard. Uh, how does this feel? Well, I have to say, it's a little bit more nerve-wracking than I thought it would be, but I- I'm fine. So far, I'm fine. Good. Well, I'll try and be kind to you uh, with the questions. So, uh, anyway, I hope that I'll be able to conduct this interview as well as you have over the nine uh, previous episodes. Anyway, enough of the flannel uh, and on to our first question. What is, what's your proper job, Richard, the one that you're actually paid for? And how long have you been there? And what are your hopes and aspirations for your future career? Okay, my proper paid-for job. Well, I think most people know that I, I travel a lot, but for the last 20 or so years, I've worked in IT. I'm not a deep technical developer or anything. I work in software sales, and what, what we do is we design, build, and make systems, mainly for retailers, but also for banks. So if you ever put your card into an ATM and expect money to come out of it, that's probably one of ours. And um, same in retail. So when you go to the shops and you pay for things, the tills or the point of sale systems are probably one of ours. Um, Same with self-checkout, same with kiosks and things like that. We're a very big company. I think we've got about 23,500 employees around the world. And my job is to go and make sure that complicated things sound simple to people that want to buy them. And, And I do that mainly around Europe. I also do some work in the US and, and further afield as well. But most of my work is in, in the Nordics, so Scandinavia, Italy, and other areas around, and even a little bit in the UK as well. So I travel a lot, and I also work from home quite a lot, which allows me to be as flexible as I can when it comes to my working and, and my home life as well. You mentioned future career. I've no idea. I think I wanted to be an astronaut. I probably still do, but maybe I'm a bit too long in the tooth for that now. Um, I guess I don't want to be working as hard at some point when it comes closer to retirement age because I do work long and and hard, but I enjoy what I do. Uh, I enjoy the subject and most of the work that I do is talking to people. So carry on doing what I'm doing now, I think would be the answer to that one. Mm, it certainly helps very much in the in the role that you've got uh, as PCO within the province, that, that's for sure. So the next question is, is how did you actually become a Freemason, uh, Richard, and, and, and why Granite Lodge? How did I become a Freemason? Well, I've like everybody else, everybody's heard of Freemasonry, and I hadn't paid it much attention, to be perfectly honest. My, my brother became a Freemason over in Ashby, and I knew that and didn't really talk about it too much. But... But when I moved to, to Reesby, where we are now, which is come up to 15 years ago, I noticed that the next door neighbour went out a lot. And he went out a lot wearing dinner jackets and dark <laughs> suits. And, and he used a lot of taxis. And <laughs> it, it didn't come back until late as well. <laughs> and, and we get on extremely well. And we started to talk. And he told me about uh, his ventures out to the lodge in, in Leicester. And um, one thing led to another, really. We, my wife and I, we went on some social do's and um, seemed like a great bunch of people. I don't quite know how it happened. And then I suddenly joined. There's a gap between being interested and suddenly joining. And, and next door neighbour, uh, David's in Granite Lodge. And that's why I joined Granite Lodge, really. And 
And I think probably the reason that I join is slightly different to the reason that I stay and I enjoy it. I mean, I joined it for sort of friendship and a place of retreat, really, something different. But I stay there for friendship is the same and I've made an awful lot of friends. But I guess fascination of, of the order, not just the craft, but all the other side orders as well. So that's why I joined and, and that's why it was Granite Lodge. So it's David Andrews who got to blame then, is it? It is David Andrews <laughs> and uh, David and his wife April as well, but they're well aware it's their fault. <laughs> and, and of course that leads me on nicely to, to, to ask you about the Royal Arch. I mean, you, you joined the Royal Arch, um, which all good Freemasons should do, of course. Uh, and also I think you're in one or two other degrees as well. Tell us a little bit about those. I feared you might ask me this question, so uh, I, I said I wouldn't prepare or write anything down, but I have had to have a look at the other orders and degrees. That, I mean, I joined Granite Chapter in 2012, and that was my first venture into a side order. And I love my Royal Arch. Anybody that knows me knows that I love my Royal Arch. I also joined the Chapter of the Flaming Torch last year, so I'm in two. When it comes to other degrees, I can't tell you the exact dates, but I think in the rough order after the Royal Arch, I joined the Mark, so East Goscott Mark, and, and that's great because, yes, I, I love the Mark degree, but I also joined one in Syston, which is closer to home for me as well. Uh, I'm also in the Ancient and Accepted Rite, Rose Choir, uh, Royal Arch Mariners, Knights Templar. Uh, soon after that, I joined the Knights Templar Priests, and then the uh, commemorative order of St. Thomas of Acon, which is a fascinating order, which is out in, in Lutterworth. I'm also in Royal and Select degree out in Loughborough, as well as the Red Cross of Constantine. Uh, and in, in the craft you've mentioned, I'm, I'm obviously in Granite Lodge. I'm also in the Derek Buswell uh, Lodge of Provincial Grand Stewards, the Leicester and Rutland Lodge of Installed Masters, and quite recently, the Lodge of Research. Now, I also joined the Lodge of Faith and Friendship in London, and that was deemed to be a struggling lodge. And a lot of a load of us social media buffs, we decided to join and take it over. So the at the moment it's called the Lodge of Faith and Friendship, and we will, we will be renaming it to the Cialia Lodge, which for any Twitter buff out there knows that Cialia is the name of the little blue bird on the logo of Twitter. Well, I'm also in the Leicester Union Lodge of Instruction. I think that's it. Oh, that sounds quite a lot. No wonder you're a busy man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so actually, I'm in quite a lot of things as well, but the wife <laughs> thinks I'm only in one thing. It just meets a lot. Uh, uh, anyway, I, well, I'm exactly the same. However, <laughs> uh, Abby is behind me. She can probably hear me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, enough, enough said on, on that score then, Richard. So, um, you know, you are very busy, obviously, and very well entrenched in Freemasonry, and, and as you've just explained, in, in quite a number of degrees. But how did your appointment as a PCO actually come about? <laughs> It's quite a, I say a, a long but well-trodden journey, I think. So it started out back in my mother lodge in Granite Lodge. So we decided to move the lodge forward, kicking and screaming into the, uh, the latest century and create a website. So I created a website for Granite Lodge and also social media channels as well. And in doing so, I guess it got me a little bit uh, noticed because I was quite active in doing it. And our uh, assistant provincial grandmaster as he is now uh, Andy Green he was talking to me and then I started to help out on the provincial channels so that included first of all relaunching the provincial website a few years ago where Andy and I spent some time over summer recreating it and making it look uh, nice modern and, and fresh and then I slowly took on a little bit more so the social media channels for the province 
Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and such like. And, and in doing that, I was becoming more and more involved in the communications. And then I had a phone call uh, about Leicester Square. So a couple of years ago, I, as, as you know, I took over as editor of Leicester Square. Uh, and it just meant that I kind of had my, my finger on a lot of the uh, communications channels for the province. Uh, and then one day, I remember it quite vividly, the sun was shining. I was in the car. Uh, listening to myself I think I was, I was doing some learning and uh, I was uh, I was in the car and I got, took a phone call from the then provincial grandmaster David Hagger and he asked me if I would be kind enough to take over as uh, provincial uh, communications officer so I owe a lot to both uh, Andy and David in that respect and that is where my PCO journey started. Right, as they say it's uh, now is uh, the rest of it is history of course. Indeed. Uh, Okay, um, so it seems from what we've heard and, and from what the Provincial Grand Secretary Paul Wallace said in his podcast that the, the comms team has been very effective and enjoyable to be part of. Uh, what are your feelings and thoughts about that? Well, I, I, when I remember him saying it and I wholeheartedly agree. The enjoyable part, first of all, I enjoy doing things. I love being involved with things. So to be involved in the comms uh, exec that we have particularly in these times is it is an enjoyable thing to do it's enjoyable to be part of it it's not easy as we know when we go on our calls that we have to debate an awful lot whether we're doing things right or wrong but it's great to be part of a team Uh, and I think we're all different as well I mean the six of us we all have the same goal all have slightly different uh, sense of humors and uh, different backgrounds so it makes it go extremely extremely well and smooth I think that we do have to keep challenging ourselves you know, have we got it right? Feedback so far is very positive. Whenever I talk to anybody, whenever anybody sends me any communication, they always say what a great job and it's good to see all the communication going on. Uh, and we have to be mindful about over-communicating. Are we doing too much? But I think that we've got the balance just about right. And I guess the last thing I'd say about the comms exec that, that we that we're all part of is I'm really looking forward to this curry that you've all promised us at some point in the future. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I certainly agree with that. And I think that the point there is, of course, the different personalities that we've got in the, the team of six of us. And uh, they are very enjoyable. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just great to be, to be part of it. And again, uh, you know, thanks to you and all the guys for the input there. It's fantastic. Anyway, speaking of podcasts, um, how, how did you first come up with the idea of Masonic Podcast, Richard? Ooh, well... It's not my original idea. It's obviously something I've shamelessly borrowed and stolen. But I guess I, I could be called a bit of a Masonic geek in a certain sense of the, the word. And in that, I mean, I like to learn. So it's not just what's going on you know, in the lodge rooms, but also about the history and you know, the symbology, the, the philosophy and uh, around what we do and why we do it. And there's such a broad history that we have around why we do what we do. So I sought out uh, Masonic learning really and um, one of the great ways that I learn because I travel a lot is to listen listen to podcasts I found several great podcasts and the first one I remember it well is a podcast called Whence Came You it's still available and it's from the US it's from Illinois and it's it's weekly and it's absolutely superb I think we're on episode about 447 at the moment and this is a guy 
um, worship with Robert Johnson, and he's 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 very much into the this what I spoke about the sort of history and symbology. And I listened to that. I listened to that religiously, whether I was traveling to work and now when I'm out running or something. And plus, there's a few others. There's some good other US and Canadian podcasts out there, as well as some UK ones as well. But I did see a bit of a, a gap in the market, so to speak, for I'll say the local Freemason, the guy that wants to know a little bit more and have a mixture of learning about history and symbology, but also learning about the, the province and the individuals. So that's what got me hooked. And uh, I, well, I just thought, you know, I can do that and wanted to, to give it a go. And lo and behold, I gave it a go and we're still here. Yeah, very good. They are too. And, and, and certainly travel and time on your hands, as I did a lot in my very busy working career of learning and listening to things during travel and on airplanes and hotel rooms and things. It's a great time to learn. Uh, uh, learn ritual and learn about other things as you say um, anyway moving on the, the Q&A's that, that you've set up and managed have been very well received and they're very popular so much so that the, the national comms team in London circulated the recording of our first one throughout the provinces of England and Wales and this led to you uh, being invited to join the national comms team also, I believe that you've been inundated with requests for guidance from other PCOs in the country. Tell us about all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so the, the, the role of PCO, which I've been doing for a few years now, um, it, earlier this year in January, we had a, a PCO's forum down in London. And that was great as we really got to know each other outside of email. You know, I know names and I know email addresses, but it was great to spend some time with other PCOs. We've struck up a, I guess, a relationship with, with the groups and in particular in our RCG six group. So I know you meet with the PGMs, but I also meet and talk with the PCOs. So it got to the point where we can, you know, ask each other for help and guidance, which is fantastic. Yeah. I've had some phone calls. Um, how did we set up the Q and A? As I've said to them all, you know, I'm no expert, but we gave it a go and it worked and we've done two now. Uh, and I can tell you that um, as of when we're recording this now, Cheshire uh, did their first Q&A podcast yesterday or webinar, and, and, and that went uh, very well as well. So, yeah, I've, I've been asked for guidance around how we did it, and I've explained it, and hopefully I've managed to help people set theirs up and and, and do a cracking job of it as well. And, and that's it, really. And you mentioned about working at with the Grand Lodge team as well. So there are forums and working groups which have been set up and I was you know, on a call yesterday because we're trying to make communication or member communication at UGLE better. So we are working on a new member's website to be able to give people the right information at their fingertips because we've got so many websites at the moment. We don't, don't need it all. So how can we streamline it and make it better? So that, that's, what, that's how I'd answer that one. Okay. Um, the, the provincial website that, that we have um, it, it seems to be very popular, particularly at the moment during lockdown time. Can you tell the listeners more about your involvement and, and how and when this is updated? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. So I've alluded earlier to how the um, to my involvement or where it started with the provincial website, but um, you know we've we've now appointed well certainly for a few few years now a, a webmaster in, in Carl Hudson who's do does a great job, and we've relaunched the website again earlier this year with new branding for for the modern age. So I, I work with Carl. You know, I help guide. I help to give some feedback and help with the management of the website as well. And then with the current website, I took on a particular emphasis around the Royal Arch to create the Royal Arch pages within the current structure 
of the provincial website to to bring their branding up a little bit and also the the news pages i mean in the past we've always had news and with my involvement in Leicester Square, I wanted to bring that brand to all the other channels that we've got. So if you were to click on Grand Lodge's website, their news section is Freemasonry today, and I wanted to emulate that. So you click on the news section in, on our website, it brings up the Leicester Square branding. So I manage all the news articles, um, whether that be me creating them or, or reproducing them and, and post them on there. And obviously, as you know, because we're talking about the... Um, I've been talking about the current lockdown situation that we're in. We created the in-touch pages. And the in-touch pages, whilst aren't really aimed at the general public, they're not hidden from view. And those in-touch pages are designed to keep members informed during the current situation that we're in. But not just informed, but entertained. So whether it be the quizzes or, or videos and other elements that we have on there. You asked you ask when it was updated, how often it's been updated. I would have to say probably every day. Every day there is some new content which goes on there, or certainly every other day at the, at the very most. And it's a small team, and the small team consists of myself, uh, Carl, Nigel, Jason, and, and, and Tom as well from a technical perspective, because we've tried to make the website as, as pleasing, as easy to update as we can, but not forgetting it is a technology platform, so we have to make sure it keeps up and running in that way. So, uh, like everything else, a good a good team effort, which uh, makes everything tick, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed. Okay, um, you, you're secretary of your mother lodge, Granite. Uh, tell us about how that came about and, and the skills required to be a successful lodge secretary. Also, could you touch on your thoughts of the impending new Hermes computer system that's due to roll out nationally? Big question. Um, Yes. Well, first of all, I'm the secretary of my mother lodge. I think that the role suits my skills and sort of, you know, the communication skills and, and being flexible because the role of lodge secretary is for me, it's around being flexible and organized. You need, you need time and you need the right skills to do that. So it's knowing what to do and when to do it. There's no point in leaving things till the last minute. And, and I'll give an example of lodge minutes. You know, if we meet once a month, don't wait three weeks to send the minutes out because you'll have forgotten some of the context and, and then it's a bit of a rush. So from my perspective, do the meeting, then do the minutes and get them out so that everybody, every member can actually have a look around what's gone on. And I also think another skill is around communication. So you, you've got to know who to talk to when you get stuck. Nobody knows everything, but the information is available somewhere. So it's about knowing who to talk to, who to pick up the phone to, whether that be the provincial grand secretary or or just one of the contacts that you've made. We've got 79 lodges in the province. Uh, each one of those has a secretary and you can bet your bottom dollar that somebody knows how to do the thing that you're trying to do and can't do. So it's about creating that network of contacts and friends so that uh, if I need to know how to do something, I know who to talk to. You can't please everybody. Uh, we all know this in, in any walk of life, but for me, I certainly try my best to to make sure that, that we do. You know, it's secretary going forward. Yeah, I, I love this job. I really do. Now, you asked about Hermes. I think yeah. Hermes is fantastic, right? So it's a new system, and it's a system designed to make our jobs easier. And that's got to be a good thing. Because it's new, there will be teething problems and with any new system. But we're going to have better information. It's going to require organization. But it will make it, it will give us the ability to do things. So maybe using the laptop to take the minutes within the lodge format, not leaving things till the last minute. So 
I see it as a fantastic tool and opportunity for us to move our lodges forward and make them more efficient. Excellent. Good. I hope that uh, the secretaries listening uh, will take note of uh, both those points that you make so well. Um, now, Richard, a, a question even closer to home. Um, what are your thoughts about the province's communication systems? How, how could they be improved and how, how do you think um, now the most commonly used Zoom system can be used throughout the province going forward? Well, I think personally, I'm very self-critical. I'm always looking for what we could do differently. I'm also very much into action. So talking about things is great, but talking without action is um, a bit of a waste of time, to be perfectly honest. So we, we have to always look around, what do we want to talk about and communicate? And then how can we do it? And we need to execute it. I always keep my eye on other provinces and other other organizations as well so what are they doing in terms of communications and how are they doing it differently and there are some fantastic ideas and projects out there which other provinces are doing and they do do it better in some some areas as well i mean we don't have the monopoly on doing things well but in particular where they have experts in a field so for example graphic design you look at some of the wonderful graphics which are out there on some of the videos and some of the websites that they're fantastic so it'd be great if we could um, I guess find some more skills within our province to to help us improve in that area so that's what I would do if I could change something it would have a wider pool of talent within the team not to say that we haven't done that and we've brought people in so we've brought in so uh, Merrick Platts and Elliot Conway to help out on the social media side of things and and they do a fantastic job and we need to build on that because we can can do more i think that the the video conferencing i know we're using zoom an awful lot and are others available but um we should continue using that going forward in my opinion to help help lodges run more efficiently and smooth in the future and as, as you know the plans that we have at the moment are to put a couple of screens up in london road why not you know, if you're going to have committee meetings and we've got people that cannot attend due to distance, due to work uh, work reasons, why not allow them to, to conference in? It makes perfect sense. It works in business. It works in the world. It should work in Freemasonry as well. I think we're getting used to it. In my job, back to question number one, it's about making IT simple. And, and we have a motto, really, around IT and particular self-service IT. And that motto is don't make me think. So if we can enable all of our systems so that any of our members can press a button, access either via Zoom or other systems, then, then that, that has to be a good thing. Absolutely. I, I really, uh, really do feel very confident that uh, Zoom conferences for meetings uh, will, will be very much the fore when we get back to uh, normal circumstances whenever that might be uh, and of course any uh, picking up your point there any any uh, graphic designers listening uh, you'd be pleased to hear from them uh, so any graphic designers out there uh, let, get in touch with Richard and see if you can uh, lend us a hand so anyway moving on quickly um, the Q&A webinars uh, the zoom conference conferences and meetings we just discussed the quizzes the bulletins etc have all been so well received by many of our members during this lockdown period how do you think that our communications and these many initiatives should be tailored if at all during the summer months when in normal circumstances masonic activity for most members are, is in summer recess well i think we could potentially overthink this and um and start trying to answer a problem that isn't a, a problem from, from my perspective i think we need to keep 
communicating on all channels so whether that be on uh, webinars podcasts websites emails uh, letters through the door phone calls we need to keep doing that and people can choose to choose to engage or they can choose not to uh, not forgetting it's kind of no- normally the summer break for most people now and a, a normal summer break we would have a proportion of our members would put things away enjoy their summer and come back nice and refreshed in september and october but also there's a portion of people like myself that spend summer wanting to do things and we can't you know we're not meeting in lodges but we still talk to each other we still read and 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 listen to things as well so i think what we have now are tools to help those people that want more get more over summer and while still respecting people's wishes who, who, who don't wish to let's focus on giving information to those that want it and it, it's, it's a choice and we can give people that choice that that's what i would say about the summer research we carry on doing what we're doing and we make sure that those that want information can get information so we, we would expect then that, that our uh, the comms team will continue to meet uh, throughout the summer in your view yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we should continue to do that because it's not just all about crisis and when are we going to go back and how is it going to happen. And this will allow us, this comms team will allow us to improve our systems, improve our communications and think of new, new fantastic ideas. There may even be some some um, court meetings going on during the summer to elect treasurers or masters or increase subscriptions or, or whatever. Absolutely. And, and we, need, we need to be there. We need to help people and we need to guide people. And from a comms perspective, it's just you know channeling the right question to the right people to, to get it answered. Indeed. I'm sure that uh, our provincial government secretary, Paul Wallace, will be listening to this. And uh, I know how much work he's put in in getting organised uh, in terms of some guidance. Uh, for when meetings uh, can take place and how they'll take place, etc., etc. Anyway, suddenly, Richard, we're we're almost out of time. Uh, time just go very quickly, of course, when when we're enjoying ourselves. But uh, anyway, finally, uh, how do you see the, the province of Leicestershire and Rutland and, and yourself in in five to ten years' time? Well, crikey! Well, uh, two two parts to that question. So, the, the province, I, I see the province becoming more efficient. You know, in terms of you know numbers, we are just shy of three thousand uh, and members, and and I see uh, the the membership being key. I see uh, I see it's going from strength to strength. To be perfectly honest, we might be a little bit more streamlined, certainly in the near future, but I see as being far more efficient, and and with efficiency comes enjoyment. So if if we can make people's enjoyment of Freemasonry even better by giving them more information allowing them to do some things remotely as we are doing now and it will give us time to concentrate on moving the province forward so i only see that in a good light and with some hard work which is what everybody's doing uh, we can ensure that that happens and comes true me i don't know i just want to carry on doing the best job that i can do to support you know the province and to support each other and i don't just mean the comms team but i mean all every single member within the province as well uh, i like to help out and i like to do the best that i can and I, at some point i guess i'll move on from communications because you know i can't stay doing this because there's other people that can do just as good a job as i can and even better so uh, but i'll always be a comms guy at heart i'll always be there to help and to assist and to guide and at some point in the future probably a bit longer than what you suggested my, my overall goal is at some point 
I would love to become a grand officer at some point in the future. And that's probably all I should say about that at the moment. <laughs> who knows? And, and who knows what the future holds for us all. But uh, Richard, it gives me the opportunity here to, to thank you very much indeed for, for the great job that you do. And uh, of course, uh, you know, it's always difficult, isn't it? When somebody does such a great job, but it's very difficult to think about them moving on. But, uh, <laughs> but I agree with you. Obviously, that will happen at, at some point. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. Richard, for allowing me to take over your role and put you on the spot for a change. I've really enjoyed doing it and maybe I've done a half decent job and you may let me have another go at some time in the future. Who knows? Yeah, yeah but not, not with me. This is far too hard being on this end. <laughs> well done. Thank, Thank you. you.